Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Today we have a crazy story of revenge going wrong. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, constantly let your dog crap on my lawn? Enjoy your smelly garbage cans. For context, I live in a small cul-de-sac with four other houses. We're all pretty close and friendly since it's a small neighborhood, except one house. They keep to themselves and are generally pretty inconsiderate with noise ordinances and such. I'm talking doing loud machine work at 6.45am on a Saturday. I have a large dog and his poops are... sizable. I don't like to let him poop on the front lawn since I've put a lot of work into making it look nice. Suddenly, I start finding poops that were not his. I could tell based on size and a few other factors that these were not my dog's craps. The first few I let go, just picked up and tossed. But after finding one almost every single morning for weeks, I had enough. I checked my doorbell camera and lo and behold, my neighbor was letting their dog crap on my lawn, then just calling them back and going inside. The final straw was watching their dog dig into my flower bed, which I had previously attributed to squirrels or rabbits since we have a lot in our area. I tried speaking to them about it a few times, but they actively dodge interactions with all other neighbors in our cul-de-sac. I go outside while they're washing their car, they drop the hose and go inside for a while. I try to catch them in the morning before work. They either hustle into their car or go back inside. It's the most childish thing I've ever seen. Cue the revenge. Fridays are garbage days, so most folks get their cans out Thursday night since it comes so early in the morning. For four days, I picked up the crap and stored it in a box, unbagged. I used a bag to pick it up. At 11pm, as I'm letting my own dog out before bed, I empty that box into their garbage can and waited. Our local municipality has strict rules on animal waste, mainly that it MUST be bagged. I work from home so I knew I'd see that pickup happen. The can was pulled over and once they flipped back the lid to get it into the truck, that worker immediately closed it and slapped them with a fine for unbagged waste. It likely won't stop the pooping, but the revenge was sweet. Does anybody just feel bad for the garbage worker having to go and pull that can and flip it open and meet one of the gnarliest smells in a job where you have nothing but gnarly smells? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, finally got payback on an ex-coworker. This was a few years ago, but it ran across my mind today for some reason. When I was 20, I started a job as a teller at Wells Fargo. At the specific location, it was a trailer, or that's what we called it anyway. Just picture a super long, skinny building. Also, this was only for drive through It was located next to the actual bank. This drive through had eight drive-ups and two pull-ups for merchants. The merchant pull-ups were literally on the building, and the others were in front. Picture a sonic fast food place. Four of the drive-ups were on one side of the trailer, and another on the other side. It took at least five of us to man this on a slow day. Well, one day my boss let everyone go to lunch at once except for the three of us. Myself, Kim, and Jessica. Well, my half of the trailer, where I was completely by myself, had to man the four drive throughs and the merchant. 
If you know, doing the merchant is time-consuming, there's typically a lot of cash being deposited which takes time obviously to count, etc. Well, on this day, Kim and Jessica just didn't feel like working. Literally just sat there as I was trying to help five separate people at once. Jessica walks over and tells me to hurry up and people are waiting. I look at her in disbelief. I asked her to help, while Kim just sat there staring at me. I got so ticked off, I called Jessica a bench, straight up. Well, my idiot boss comes back from her lunch, and Jessica goes straight to her and complains about me. I got written up. My boss could not have cared less of the circumstances, oblivious to the lack of scheduling on her part. Whatever. Anyway, I ended up getting fired because Jessica just couldn't let it go. She was traumatized. Also didn't help my boss kept making me work the merchant lane. If you know about being a teller, you know that a merchant teller requires experience. This was my first teller job ever. Okay, so the fun part. Years later, I opened an account at a local credit union. It was just an account for fun money. Totally forgot about it after like a year and realized it was in the negative. Can't even remember how that happened, but it was literally like $3. So I go in to take care of it and lo and behold, there's Jessica. She immediately recognized me. I go to the counter and another girl pulls up my account. I immediately tell her why I'm there, of course. Well, Jessica sees this as an opportunity to embarrass me. Also, there's at least four other account holders in the small lobby. The teller that's helping me had to call a number to reset the account. Well, Jessica walks over, leans over this girl and loudly says, her account is in the negative, she needs to pay that first, and then glares at me and smirks. Oh, heck no. So I let the girl finish the call and get things squared away, get my account to like a $100 balance. Not much, but again, this is just my fun money account. I head out the door, and if dinged be me, I run into the branch manager. I tell her about Jessica and that I was considering closing my account over it. Well, about two hours later, I get a call from the branch manager and she apologized profusely and told me Jessica had been let go because it wasn't the first complaint about her and not the first time she had been unprofessional. Some people let their benchiness guide them into a false sense of imperviousness. You know, those moments where you have to show up somebody so bad and you got that inkling of an idea how to do it that you don't think about the consequences, you don't care that you're a bank teller at work on the job in front of all these other people. Our next story is, I got my 6th grade bully fired and his girlfriend to break up with him. When I was in 6th grade, I was being bullied by this boy in my grade, we'll call him Tom. He bullied me every day, especially during PE class. I remember thinking about how I was going to enact my revenge on him one day. Well, fast forward to 10 years later, I'm working at a popular lunch spot, and my manager asked me about hiring this new guy named Tom. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I knew it was him and I gave him a bad recommendation, but that wasn't the end of it because he still got hired. I found out that Tom had a girlfriend who he was trying to keep a secret. Anyways, one of my coworkers, who happened to be the niece of the owner, tells me she has a big crush on Tom and that they hooked up the other night. I say to her, that's crazy, did you know about his girlfriend? To say she was shocked was an understatement. My coworker immediately asked me for the girlfriend's Facebook information, which I eagerly gave to her. She writes up a beautiful Facebook message to Tom's girlfriend, telling her everything that had happened between them the night before, and then, after that, she goes home and tells the owner about what a slimeball Tom truly was. Tom got fired like a week later, and his girlfriend broke up with him. Once a slimeball, always a slimeball, I suppose. His slimeball actions were almost inevitably going to lead him to end up here, right? Our next story is, want to go through pedestrian zone with your motorbike? You'll ride at pedestrian pace. This happened yesterday. I was out for a run and I was going through a park where there are some small, let's say trails. It's in the city so don't image mountains and such, just quite narrow unpaved roads. Let's say narrow central parkways. If two people meet, one has to go slightly out of the way to pass, almost marginal for a small motorcycle. So this park in a way cuts my area in two and if you want to transit to certain places, you have to go around as I believe in any part of the world. Anyway, a lot of motorcycle users, the smaller ones as the bigger wouldn't fit, like delivery people, etc., tend to go through the part and its trails instead of taking the five minutes normal route. This is, of course, forbidden, against the law, and of course, dangerous for the pedestrians, as there are a lot of families with small children learning to walk or bike, strollers, elders walking, etc. So as I was running, I saw a motorcycle about to come into the trail I was on, so I told the guy that he shouldn't come through here and go around. Quite politely, I must add, as a typical Greek guy, he started shouting that he can go wherever he wants, and I should shut up and and and. So okay, please be my guest and get on the trail. He's behind me, and if I don't move to the side, there is absolutely no way he can get through without hitting and injuring me. As you can guess, I never gave way, only for a couple of older ladies coming from the opposite side on their walk that were also critically staring at him. I also slowed my running to a point it was more of a walk. He had to stay behind me for about 5 minutes, which is less than the time it would have taken him to use the normal road. Of course, shouting the whole time, but who cares? I know it's not much, but I felt good. People like that ruin nice things. You're supposed to be able to have a nice casual walk, enjoy the trail, enjoy the park, and then you have to deal with these people zipping and zooming right by or, you know, getting right up on you and telling you to move to the side so they can get by. Makes you wish that there were more officials patrolling to, you know, actually make it seem like it was enforced. The amount of people that take these trails makes it seem like there's nobody really there keeping it in check. Our next story is, try to drive me off the road, good luck using your mirrors. 
This was around 2006 in Reading, England. I'm Dutch, so I cycle to work. Partly because it's fun, partly because cutting through town on my MTB was about 10 minutes, while it took me at least half an hour by car on most days. But England isn't as cyclist-friendly as the Netherlands. Understatement. And I'm a stupid 20-something that likes to go fast, so I dash through traffic left and right like a maniac, enjoying the honks of startled drivers stuck in traffic. One day I get cut off by a driver, deliberately pushing me towards the sidewalk. I was able to jump onto the sidewalk and gave him an unimpressed little applause which ticked him off even more. Unfortunately, traffic cleared at that point and he was able to follow me and try the same stunt again. I wasn't in the mood for his bull and feigned going into a side street. He continued, the end I thought. When I turned into the street of my apartment building, I noticed his car parked in my street. That evening when I walked to the corner shop, it was still there. Decided I had to enact some petty revenge and folded in his mirrors. Continued to do this over the next few weeks. Every time I saw his car and I could get away with it. One evening coming home from the pub, I saw the guy walking to his car, completely losing it and shouting that he would find the person touching his car and kill him. I moved house a few weeks later. Still makes me smile thinking about it though. Imagine though, amidst all the pain and frustration OP had caused upon this person, there was a day that OP bestowed a joy upon them when the mirror stopped getting folded in by itself. This next story is, post my number on fake male-for-male casual encounter ads? How about fake Craigslist ads bringing hundreds of people to your door at 5.30am? In my mid-20s, early 2010s, I was looking for a used moped. I found one on an online marketplace. The seller didn't want me to go to him, so he met me at my apartment complex. It was a really big apartment complex, so he wouldn't actually know where I lived. He pulls the moped out of the back of his truck, and two to three pieces literally fall off of it. It had a flat tire, so I couldn't test ride it. At this point, I'm out. He starts yelling at me about how I'm a time waster and how I should pay for his gas. I tell him off as I'm walking away, and that was that. Except he kept calling and texting me, talking crap. I gotta admit, it got quite juvenile between us. Part of me was like, just block this fool and be done, but the petty part of me liked watching him squirm because I was dropping rhetorical elbows on him. Pretty much all of his insults were something about me being gay and liking gay sex. I'm straight and my then girlfriend was with me when I met up with him. So after a while, I start feeding into it. Except I turned it around about his mom being a dude and me being her top. I told you, very sophomoric and depraved. Think like South Park type of dialogue. After a particularly brutal exchange, he stopped and I thought it might finally be over. The next day, mid-afternoon, my phone starts blowing up. When I say blowing up, I mean like I was getting so many calls that every time I answered one, I'd have multiple missed calls and voicemails and text messages as soon as I got off. It took a while to figure it out, but he had put up multiple Craigslist ads all around the country for everything from severely discounted vehicles, great deals on fake apartments, and even male-for-male casual encounters. My phone was literally unusable, could not dial it because of constant incoming calls, texts, and quite a few hot dog pics. I had to borrow my girlfriend's phone to file a police report so they could get him to stop. After a little time, the cop calls me back with him on the line and he basically gets us both to say we'll stop. Like a couple of kids getting a warning from an elementary teacher or something. 
and that was the end. Or so I thought. A couple months go by and the calls start again. Again, I call the police, but this time, they're less than helpful, basically asking me if I can prove that it's him. I thought I might need to take legal action to get it to stop, so I requested a copy of the police report. The copy they sent me included his address by mistake. Should have been redacted. Booyah! That Friday night, I posted a ton of fake Craigslist ads from a burner account about giving away tons of household items, bikes, kids stuff, clothes, furniture, appliances, you name it. The ads had a story about moving out of the country and needing it all gone ASAP. I put his address in the ads and said I'd be putting everything on the driveway at 5.30am sharp Saturday morning. And if the item they wanted wasn't out yet, to knock on the door. He only lived about 20 minutes away from me and I couldn't miss the show, so I got to his house and parked about a block up at 5am on the dot, took the ads down to cover my tracks, and just waited for people to start showing up. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It was like Black Friday on steroids. People with pickup trucks and trailers, box trucks, and plenty of people with regular cars too. It was gridlock for a few blocks around his house. People honking like it was rush hour. His lawn looked like a freaking concert there were so many people. Him and his chick were going absolutely ape crap. His neighbors were waking up and yelling out their windows. I could hear his chick screaming, I told you not to freak with that dude again. The funniest thing I've ever seen. I was dead. Never got any retaliation. I guess he got the message. He got me pretty good, but I got the better of him in the end. I mean, just imagine getting woken up at 5.30 a.m. to wake up to an entire block full of people furious with you because you have nothing put out for them. Literally an angry mob, and you're left like, what is going on? Our next story is, no tips, no problem. This was over 20 years ago, but when it comes to mind, it still makes me smile. I was 20 and working for one of the largest event staffing agencies in Chicago. They're gone now, but they were number one at the time. And we were contracted to work the opening of the new Nordstrom's on Grand Avenue. This was a very big deal. They needed so many bodies, they also hired several of our friendly competitors to cover all the bases. I was very interested in becoming a bartender, but it was still a few months before I'd be turning 21. The bosses knew this, but were so hard up to meet their obligations they didn't care, and I ended up getting what can aptly be described as a crash course. My training for a position of extraordinary craft, nuance, knowledge, and precision was about 45 minutes long, and suddenly I was the only underage professional bartender in the city. I was stationed at a specialty satellite bar, which is to say me and one other guy. I think his name was Daniel had a small bar tucked away on one of the upper floors of a huge multi-story shopping complex in women's wear, with only a few ingredients in huge quantities, and responsible for making only two cocktails, the Harvey Wallbanger and the Madras. This was a star-studded event for the creme de la creme of the city, and with the huge volume, speed would be essential. 
so we pumped out as many drinks as we could for a few hours. Now, no one is required to tip, especially at an event where everything is already paid for, but it's a nice thing that encourages prompt and professional service, even favoritism in some cases, and if you were in attendance at this particular event, you for sure weren't hurting for capital. But literally no one would give us a dollar. We were sweating, hauling, pumping, smiling all the while, and people weren't even being polite about it, let alone tossing us a quarter for what I could describe as a Herculean effort. It was frustrating. Inevitably, someone who just wanted a drink with no baggage came up and asked for just a vodka on ice, and it was top-shelf product. Grey Goose, if I recall. So Daniel poured them a pretty heroic amount. They walked away without a word, not even a thank you for bending the rules at our own peril. I watched Daniel do this and saw the look on his face, and we caught each other's gaze and had one of those moments where we communicated without a word. We nodded at each other and began our petty vengeance. The vodka, as I said, was all paid for, and we had a lot of it on hand with reserves off the floor. So we started pouring doubles, even triples, pretty much exclusively. All bets were off. Want a screwdriver instead? Have a double. Would the lady prefer a simple Cape Cod? Better make it a triple. It's already bought, so who cares? Just one vodka on ice? Have an entire glass. We're here to serve. No one in charge cared if we strayed from the recipe book, but eventually a event captain did approach us to let us know that someone mentioned we were pouring a little heavy, so maybe pull back a bit. We both said, sure thing, boss, and went right on getting people completely shmammered. All sense of decorum and gentility evaporated around our bar, and after an hour, we had people dancing in clothes and lingerie they didn't pay for, making out with mannequins, just the works. I know for sure someone vomited in the swimwear aisle. We still weren't making any tips, but it finally felt worth the effort. At the end of the event when we were breaking down our bar, a younger guy we hadn't served, we could tell because he wasn't crap-faced, came up to our bar and said, I used to do events and it's not easy. I could tell you guys were really working hard and you deserve this, and tipped us each a $10 bill. He was the greatest capper to a banner evening, and I salute him. The rest of that crowd can pound glass. Honestly, sounds like the crowd had the time of their lives. I'm not even sure what revenge OP got. Here, just have the time of your lives. Our next story is, got back, sort of, at the girl who stole my boyfriend in high school. So, backstory is that her and I were friends all throughout high school. She was known as the school tramp and drug user, and her mom would pimp her out. She taught me how to make my boobs look bigger, so I liked her. We didn't talk at all our senior year. I had dated the same boy throughout high school and we had broken up. She ended up getting with him and texting me about it. Her friends all tried to fight me for some reason. It was so much drama. I was a kid so I felt some type of way. Like, you can sleep with him but why rub it in my face? Why try to fight me? He called me crying after the fact. Maybe that's why. Anywho, flash forward maybe 6-8 to years later, I manage a company directly below the owner. One of the employees wanted to use a work car to go pick a girl up. I was excited for the guy because he's kind of weird and doesn't get many girls. Kept bragging how beautiful she was, so I said send a photo, I want to see. I also like girls, so we would all talk about girls together. I was the only woman at this job. Well, it was her. So I said, "Uh uh-uh, you can't use the work car to see her. That was the petty revenge I was going after because now they couldn't hang out. 
and I ruined her night like she tried to ruin so many of mine. Whatever, I thought that was the end of it. Turns out she was needing him to take her to visit her kids. She lost custody and had to go somewhere public to see them. She was drunk, so she was needing him to drive her. So she still ends up driving herself to visit her kids, ends up hitting a pedestrian, and went to prison for a few years. I didn't mean for all the extra to happen, but yeah, the universe doesn't like ugly. I still don't feel bad. Some people might have guilt. They feel like, oh, I could have changed that. All because I was feeling petty, I wanted to get revenge. But I just feel like it's the kind of thing that you can't put on your own shoulders. God forbid you beat yourself up with that what-if scenario. Our next story is, Petty Revenge Goes Wrong. 20 years ago, I worked with a guy who was a massive pain in the butt. We worked in a small open plan office and he was just the most annoying person you can imagine. He would do things like sit at his desk and run his hands through hair, look at the whatever it was that he'd brushed off his scalp, and then wipe it onto the carpet. He did this multiple times a day. He'd leave half-full cups of coffee in his waste bin and the cleaner would spill it on herself when she emptied it. His grandparents bought him a house, he was about 22 years old, with no mortgage. The house had five bedrooms, no furniture, and he lived in it alone. He was awkward, boastful, and not very bright. He never paid for a shout when we were out for beers, and never repaid people who bought him coffees. One day I asked after him, had anyone seen Brad? I think he's gone to the toilet, said Rachel, our researcher. So I walked down the hall and sure enough, he was sitting in a cubicle, presumably doing a crap. So I quickly got a handful of paper towels and soaked them in water. Scrunching it into a ball, I threw the sopping bundle over the cubicle door. He screamed blue murder and I ran back to the office, telling Rachel what I'd done and did not tell him I'd left my desk. Brad came back, hair and shirt saturated and with bits of paper towel in his hair. He asked me why I did it, but I denied any knowledge, and Rachel and I played dumb. Stifling that laughter was the hardest thing I have ever done. But he knew. A week or so later, Brad asks where I was, to which Rachel replies, In the loo. Brad decides to get his revenge, except that at that time I was actually down the road for some reason. But coincidentally, there was a person in the toilet. He was the managing director of an Asian car company affiliate who shared our floor. Yep, Brad slam dunked a stranger with a ball of wet paper towel, a stranger for whom face was a very serious matter. So serious, in fact, that he pursued it with our boss when he returned from overseas. Our boss quickly got to the bottom of it. Brad was fired. Sorry, Brad. All I'm saying is, is if you're going to go full middle schooler and you're willing to soak up some paper towel and launch a wet bomb into the cubicle, you really gotta be sure that you're firing at the right person. This next story is, My Father, the King of Petty. This is a tad long, but here we go. So, when I was 16 or 17-ish, I shared a car with my papa. He worked in maintenance, dealing with boilers and fixing things at a local high school, and I was going to college. Long story there, but also not the point. My papa is an immigrant from Calabria, Italy, and it's pretty much the stereotype you'd imagine. Loud, doesn't take crap from anyone, and an accent that has made small kids cry. He's also petty. My father had to have things on an exact schedule. I woke up at 5am every day to get him to work by exactly 5.25 every morning and then went off to school myself. One day, my papa storms into my room, 
flicks on the lights and goes, Pina, get up. We're going to work early today. I look at my clock, y'all. It is 3 a.m. in the morning. I get up like a zombie, but look, I ain't asking questions. We get in the car. I always drive. I'm half awake when we get to the front, and he tells me to stop. Now, this school had a beautiful circle round drive leading into the atrium of the school. Another thing about this school is that every student had to walk through these doors and go through metal detectors. My father proceeds to then roll down the window and pull out a bag of bread and start throwing it on the ground. I'm extra confused. Why are we up at 3am to throw bread on the ground? So I ask, Papa, what are you even doing? My father looks at me and grins with this crap-eating face and goes, Feeding the birds, Pina. We're feeding the birds. Now, I'm curious, but I also don't want to know what the heck my dad is doing at the same time, because he's a tad crazy and I learned to mind my own business. This goes on for two months, until one day, I pull up tired as crap and before I can even comprehend what's happening, a man in a ski mask sprints out of the school, unlocks my papa's door through the window, and drags him out. Next thing I know, man starts screaming, Giacomo, is that you? What the freak, man? It's been you feeding the pigeons? Why would you do this? Y'all, the man was the janitor. My father weaponized Canadian geese. My father in the calmest voice ever goes, Janitor, do you remember two months ago when you stole my last Coca-Cola? And when I asked you to go to the gas station, you said no? The janitor's like, yeah. And my papa continues, and then you said, what are you going to do about it? This is what I did. Have fun waking up at 2 a.m. every morning to retrain the geese to crap by the pond. He gets back in the car and says, now drop me off. My papa starts explaining that the students were tracking the geese poop all through the school. And as the janitor, he had to clean it all up every single day. And he was slowly going crazy, wondering why the geese were even there to begin with. So he finally figured someone was doing this and decided to stake out the school to find out who was driving him crazy. I learned two things that day. One, my father is the pettiest man I know. And two, don't freak with my papa's Coca-Cola. All names were changed. Hey man, listen, I get it. I'm a big fan of soda. If you're working a shift at your job somewhere and you finally have that break time, one very small joy you have to look forward to is popping open that soda. I get it, man. It's frustrating when somebody blatantly steals it and then also refuses to replace it. Our next story is, my ex cheated on me the entire time and I found out only after I broke up with him. Long story short, I was with my ex-boyfriend for three years and never suspected a thing. I fell out of love and eventually broke up with him, and it was pretty amicable. A couple months later, a girl messaged me on Instagram and asking if I dated my ex. I said yes, but we were broken up recently. She lets me know she slept with him for two years to my shock, and so we meet up. She shows me the texts and photos. Luckily, because I fell out of love, I wasn't upset but she liked him a lot and felt betrayed. He lied about his name, age, job, identity to fool her. I knew his family well and knew his real identity. We both decided to show up at his apartment and confront him. He was so shocked and tried to explain, but it was too late. My petty revenge included creating a group chat with him, his mom and dad and me, called it Cheater, and sent a paragraph explaining what he did to me right in front of them. I then paid for an anonymous text message service to his number, pretending to be the NHS, and that his recent test showed that he had a range of STDs. 
felt pretty good. Definitely a great way to get revenge against somebody who is just a total jerk is if they even care a little bit about their relationship with their mother or what their mother thinks of them, ratting on them to their own mom. Hey, at least you're going to give them some shame on the short term. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.